There's only one authority on the Tennessee Titans, and that's the Tennessean. And there's only one show that's an authority, too, and you've found it. This is Talkin' Titans. Hello again, everyone. Welcome to another edition of Talkin' Titans. I'm Tennessee Titans beat reporter Ben Arthur, along with my colleague at the Tennessean sports columnist Gentry Estes, here to discuss the first week of training camp. Gentry, how's it going, man? It's good. Good. You uh, you getting used to the grind yet? About every day, 95 degrees, you know, nice and cool as opposed to Seattle? Uh, yeah, very, <laughs> yeah, it's very much nice and cool out here. Oh, my God, man. I'm No, honestly, man, I'm dying out there <laughs> with the humidity. Like, it's like, what? So, so the Titans have been having practices at 9. They've been starting at 9.30, going to about 11.15. And by 10, it's already, like, 92 and and the humidity is crazy this is something i did not deal with in three training camps uh, with the seahawks so um so yeah i i don't know man i'm figuring out a way to get through it you know i'm stocking up on the water bottles and whatnot just trying to uh stay focused and and get through each day um so so for this episode what we're recording this uh late sunday afternoon ahead of the second week of camp the, uh, the Titans will be in full pads beginning Tuesday, uh, which is August 3rd. So Gentry and I are going to kind of go through the first few days. We, we want to talk about the things we think we know about the Titans uh, through four days. And so I think Gentry will just kind of go one by one uh, with, with our points here. Um, so I, I guess I'll start. The, the first thing I think I know is that A.J. Brown is – going to be a top five receiver in the NFL in 2021. I strongly believe he's going to take a massive leap in year three. Dude looks different, you know, out there in in training camp practices. I I know I haven't been covering the Titans in the past, you know, coming over from Seattle. um, I, I don't know what he looked like. Uh, the, the first couple of years, I just saw what, you know, I saw on, on TV and whatnot and what he was doing. He was still a star player, but he just seems, and, and even just from talking to the guys on the beat, you know, who've been on the ground with me at camp, AJ just looks like a different animal this year. He's lost weight. He's slimmer. Um, he, he has all the confidence in, in the world right now. He's fully healthy. I think that's uh, one of the biggest things uh, he he talked about this um, at his uh, media availability on Saturday. You know his knees are good. The ankle injury he dealt with at the end of last season that's not bothering him anymore. And he's been torching every corner, every DB put on him at practice. Uh, the the confidence there is there. He, he looks light on his feet. Um, it, it's I, I think someone was saying he looks like a varsity player playing against middle schoolers. Um, I remember hearing that out on the field and, and that's kind of what, what I, I believe as well. And so I'd say AJ Brown is going to establish himself as one of the best number, like one of the top, you know, five receivers in the NFL. That's my first thing. I think I know about the Titans through one week at camp. I, I will, I will agree with that one. I think AJ has looked very good. And I think that, it's also been significant that he's been out there as much as he has been. AJ's had a pretty normal workload at practice so far, as opposed to hadn't really seen Julio do a whole lot. Hadn't seen Derrick Henry do much of anything at all. 
but AJ, AJ's been out there a good bit. And yeah, he has performed well. Uh, there was one play in particular where he caught a touchdown over a jackrabbit. And I remember thinking to myself, it's like, well, he just got introduced to AJ Brown. I mean, like a- AJ is, is proven, I, I think, to, to, uh, I think last year he proved he was a legitimate number one receiver in the NFL. But I do think there's another level for him in terms of consistency and, and being a guy who, you know, there were some games last year. He, he, he would always make plays when it mattered most. He was very clutch in that way. Very physical yards after contact kind of guy. If he got the ball in his hands, he, he was, he was trouble, but he would disappear in some games and, and, and teams were able to kind of take him away at times. I think it's one of the reasons Corey Davis had such a good season. The addition of Julio is going to make, make that almost impossible for teams and in, in dealing with him. And I, yeah, I agree. If you're for, for our fantasy football listeners, pay attention to what Ben just said. Cause I think he's right on that. Um, the, the thing I, I think I know that Logan Woodside is going to be the backup quarterback again this season. Uh, I don't think that's much of a competition to this point from what I've seen Deshaun Kaiser has, has just not been good enough uh, so far in practice. They've, they've kind of rotated it each day with which he, each of the number two guys getting more and more reps behind Tannehill, who is, I mean, is, uh, the distance between number one and number two couldn't be much farther. Really? Uh, Tannehill has been very good so far as you would expect. Logan Woodside hadn't been bad. He's made some nice throws, but Deshaun Kaiser's been bad. Uh, he he has made some mistakes. I watched Todd Downing throw what looked like a walkie-talkie out of his hand the other day at practice after Kaiser missed a throw. Uh, I don't know what he's oh, doing. Oh, I didn't with see the, that. I missed. He's that. got he's got he's got like a, a thing in his hand. It looks like a like a little walkie-talkie, and I don't know what he's doing with it. But he got so mad that the walkie-talkie went flying, and somebody had to like one of the. Uh, like practice helpers had to go pick it up and go hand it to him, but it's like, that's not a good sign. That's not what you, what you want to be seeing, but it's amazing to me, Ben, that now for, it seems like for two seasons, uh, you know, ever last preseason in this one, ever since Mariota left, they've had Logan Woodside as the number two and everybody talks about how confident they are in him. And yet they keep trying to replace him. They keep trying to run guys at him to take his spot. And no one to this point has been able to do it. And I don't think Deshaun Kaiser is going to either. Yeah, I would have to also agree with, with you on that point, Gentry, to this point. Logan Woodside is definitely the front runner. I mean, I mean, Kaiser has all I mean, you look at him, he has all the physical tools, right? I mean, he 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 definitely looks the part, but he's just made too too many bad decisions in 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 the practice setting, you know, kind of the, the misfires, you know, holding on to the ball, then you know, trying to make a, a, a late throw into a, a tight window that just isn't there. Um yeah, he's it's yeah. It, Logan Woodside is definitely in uh, in in the driver's seat, you know, so to speak, for that number two role. I'd, I'd have to agree agree with you on your point as well, um, Gentry. Um, so for my second thing, I think I know about the Titans. Uh, I, I would say that the, I mean the, the Titans the Titans kicker is not on their roster um, at the moment. Um, you know, Blake, uh, Tucker McCann and Blake Hobby, Hoboyle, uh, I, I apologize if I'm butchering. His yeah, name. I, I'm, I not, I'm not, sure right. I'm not sure. I'm not sure it's going to matter too much longer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's, uh, the, the, the two of them, I mean, they, they started off, um, the, the first couple of days they, they were fine, but, but the last couple, uh, practices with kicking sessions, it, it just has not gone well, um, on what was it? 
I want to say it, it was Thursday's practice, both went three for five, so 60% in just a practice setting. And then the other day, so uh, what was it, Saturday, um, Habil, when he, he actually did find five, five for, for six, but the 50-yarder, he shanked like way wide left. Like it was just a bad, this was a 50-yarder. And then Tucker McCann missed like a 30-something yarder. And then a, a 42 yarder, he, he was four, uh, four for six. The, the kicking just hasn't been good. And, and this has been an issue that people talked about coming into training camp, right? Like, why isn't there a proven veteran kicker on the roster? You're rolling the dice with two guys who've never kicked in an NFL game, even though you, you, you had McCann in your system last year on the practice squad. He hasn't kicked in the NFL, Hobbiel. Um, is an undra- uh, you know rookie undrafted rookie. You know he obviously hasn't kicked in the NFL. Um, you know kind of all the fears that come with have not having you know a proven kicker have kind of manifested itself in the last couple practices. And and you've seen uh, just yesterday, you know, according to the NFL's transaction wire, they they had two kickers in for tryouts. It's it's just it's only been four days of camp, Gentry, and they're already trying to you know look at their options there and then they also hired a kicking coach um in in james uh wilhoyt who who kicked at the university of tennessee in the 2000s um to you know as another voice another coach to kind of kind of help their guys so i'm i'm fairly confident that the titans kicker for this season is not on their roster i'm dating myself here i covered james wilhoyt at tennessee as, as a beat writer in knoxville and he is one of those those guys you probably could see being a coach. He was always always that kind of guy. In fact, I think he tweeted something or reached out last season when the Titans were having their kicking issues. It was like offering up his help, and then sure enough, they I guess Vrabel exactly. took him up on it. Hey, you know. But um, there needs to be an answer there, and, and and you're right. This has been an issue now for the last couple last couple of seasons, and um, I you know Goskowski, what he, he lives like down the street. So he hasn't caught on with any other team. So it wouldn't wouldn't shock me to see him be in the see him be brought in as the kicker again this season. But you know, it's hard to say he was a ever a, a comfortable option last year. I mean, you know, he had a bunch of game winning kicks to start the year, but it was just every week was seemed to be an adventure and you just never knew. And I mean, here's the thing, and I, I said it last year with Eric quite a bit, and I'll say it now. A, a team this good that's supposed to be playing for this many things cannot be this bad at kicker. They're, they're going to play too many games that come down to who gets points out of drives, you know, too many close games against good teams that are going to, you can't, you can't be bad at kicker and, and expect to go win a championship in the NFL. You just can't. So uh, they're going to have to get that figured out. I agree. That that's a real, that's a real problem. It's been a real problem uh, for me. The next thing I, I, I guess I, I think I know is that they're going to need Bud Dupree and Caleb Farley on, on the field sooner rather than later. I, I, I that's something I, I think we all knew, I guess, before the start of training camp, that's not exactly terribly insightful, but I think from what I've seen so far, they, they really don't look, the secondary has a lot of new pieces. So I think they're still kind of feeling their way through. So I, I'm not going to draw a lot of conclusions yet on what the starting secondary looks like from the first week. They're still getting used to being out there, and and, and I think, you know, we'll, we'll see. But in terms of the pass rush, it's the same guys, man. It's not any it, – it, it, it's it's not that much different than what they were last year. 
before they signed Jadavion Clowney. And, and I, you know, because Vic Beasley never even practiced anyway, so I guess you don't really count him. He hardly did. <laughs> but, but I mean, it's, it's, it's Harold Landry is the best of what they got. And I like Harold Landry. He's a nice player, but it's been proven that, you know, they need more than, than him to generate a, a pass rush. And so the fact that Bud Dupree isn't practicing after signing this, this huge deal, uh, I believe he's probably going to be questionable for the start of the regular season and recovering from the ACL. And you want the guy to be healthy. And I think he will get out there sooner rather than later. But I tell you, it's it's not a good sign to not see him or Caleb Farley. The big money free agent signing in the first round draft pick in both cases, the Titans took a gamble here on a guy who was not healthy when they decided to add this player. Yeah. Now that player is still not healthy. And I said it at the time after the draft, Ben, that when they take Caleb Farley, I don't want to be sitting here in August going, gosh, when's he going to be able to practice? And we're sitting here in August going, I remember that conversation. Yeah. And, and you could, you know, and I think they're maybe in a little bit better shape there, but that number two corner spots way up in the air. I mean, I don't think, uh, you know, Christian Fulton has that on lockdown by any stretch. I think, you know, Jenkins will be on one side, but I don't think, you know, who's going to be on the other side. And, and I think if he's healthy and out there, it's probably Caleb Farley. That's fair. So for my third and final, what I think I know about the Titans for 2021 is that Racy McMath will be on the initial 53-man roster. I know Gentry doesn't agree with me, and I will let him kind of address this, you know, when when you know he kind of talks. But man, I, I I have been very impressed with what I and again right it's just been a week I don't think you can always draw a ton of conclusions from one week of training camp without pads um, there's so much that is yet yet to happen yet no preseason games um, all that but man but for a guy who did literally nothing you know as an offensive as an offensive player at LSU you know he's behind Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson and all those guys, he just wasn't a factor in that room, um, you know, for LSU. He's been showing a lot offensively. Um, you know, he's made some really impressive catches uh, in the end zone, down the sideline, you know, really showing his athleticism. He's a you know nice big receiver, 6'3", you know, by about 215, obviously has the physical tools. And, and we know what he brings as a special teamer, um, you know, a gunner. A gunner type, and he he he's brings. I mean, the Titans drafted him for that, you know, hoping that he would be he could potentially develop into an offensive threat. And I think we've seen, you know, through a few days that I think he, he's he's shocked, you know, some people just with you know how much he's shown, you know, as as a pet pass catcher through a few days. Um, you know, AJ Brown was kind of saying uh, he kind of just reminded him a little bit. Um, about reminds him a little bit about like Julio just in terms of <laughs> the, the upside, which was kind of a, a wild, it was kind of wild. And, and, and he kind of caught himself too. Oh, I see you guys typing on your computer. This, this was during his press conference. So that, that was kind of a funny moment, but then, you know, Todd Downing, the offensive coordinator, you know, speaking highly of him as well. And then, uh, you know, Mike Vrabel saying he's going to have a major quote, major, role for us on special teams. Um, and so just just what they're saying about him and, and what I've seen with my eyes at this point in time, right? I mean, a lot can happen 
over the next several weeks and over the course of the three preseason games. But just from the early going, I don't see Racy McMath not being on the Titans roster. All right. I, I could buy that. I, I think there is, it's going to be fascinating to see how it plays out for those last two wide receiver spots. I think there's a lot of, uh, a lot of good candidates behind AJ Julio and Josh Reynolds who Josh Reynolds, I think has looked pretty good. He's not gotten a lot of attention here the last couple of days, but I, I've, I saw he, he showed up a few times and made some, I Josh Reynolds was a nice addition for that offense. That kind of ties in a little bit to what I, my last, I think I know, I think I know that Anthony Ferkser is going to win people some fantasy football championships this year. He is going to be a guy that goes undrafted by in a lot of these fantasy leagues, and he shouldn't because I think he truly is going to be the number one tight end on an offense where they're throwing A.J., Julio, and Derrick Henry out there for defenses to worry about, and he will absolutely feast in the middle of the field in that kind of scenario. And I think he he might not he's not going to be Janu in terms of his just his size and ability as a blocker in the run game and I think that's really the concern here that you can't keep him on the field as much as you you did with Janu Smith. But Ferkser can he he is a good receiver and he's got good hands. They've been using him with some of these drills in 7 on 7 and some of the stuff we've been watching. He's been out there as a receiver making plays making catches him and Tannehill have a good rapport. They always have. And that's, you know, Ferkser didn't play a ton the last couple of years, but when he was on the field, he was productive, especially in the red zone, third down situations like that, where, where you really learn who the quarterback trusts. And, and it actually was Anthony Ferkser. So I think that more than anything else is why they're kind of relying on him. Maybe, maybe when they shouldn't, uh, because, you know, John U. Smith, I, I think the Titans are going to learn this year was a very good football player and they're going to miss him. But but I have been impressed with Ferkser in the past game. He, you know, Vrabel made the point that he looks different this year. I agree with that. He does. He looks a little different. Um, you know, you see him out there. He he is a he is a good target in terms, good hands. He knows how to get open, and he he will be in a scenario where he will be able to catch a lot of balls and put up a lot of numbers more so than a guy who's picked in the last round of your fantasy draft, which he's going to be. Anthony Ferkser's not anywhere near the top tight ends. And I'm telling you, Ben, I got a, I got a good eye for this. I said the same thing about Darren Waller two years ago. So um, Anthony oh, Ferkser and okay. your, your fantasy drafts. The, the Titans, I'm not saying the Titans shouldn't have tried to go for another tight end in the offseason because that clearly was the, the box they never checked. But I'm saying since they didn't, Ferkser's going to put up numbers in this offense. Yeah, no, I I totally agree with that. Um, yeah, and and just to, to your point too. I mean, Kevin Byard uh, spoke to us the other day and was saying he looks like a top flight quote a top flight tight end. Those were his words a couple of days. He's he's worked out with Ferk, you know, a couple a few times over at Lipscomb um, University, and and yeah, I mean, you know, with with all those guys drawing attention. You know, no one's going to be paying attention to, you know, just that pass catching tight end over the middle. Um, and and he has a chance to put up big numbers. And then just so people do know, the Titans did actually sign uh, a tight end um, yesterday. Uh, well, this is to, we're recording this Sunday. They signed a tight end on Saturday, more of a, a blocking type. Uh, Luke Stoker, uh, who was uh, with with the Titans, you know, previously uh, in 2017 and 2018, a blocking 
type. You know, Jeff Swaim has been sidelined the last couple days. So, um, you know, they, they did kind of, a, a, I mean, they needed kind of a veteran voice in there. And it's not like he's going to compete for the top tight end rule. I think that's Anthony Furkser's to lose. Um, so, so I that think is, soccer, uh, that makes me wonder about Jeff Swaim a little more. The bring, yeah. bring in Luke Stocker. If I had to say who that, because that's the kind of role, yeah. And, and Luke Stocker, by the way, Ben, another one I covered in Knoxville, dating myself. And uh, he's, Man, he's who did good, you cover? He was a pretty good player. He has been. He's a productive tight end. It's 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 a it's a good uh, good addition there. But I think in terms of, I mean, if you're Anthony Ferkster, this is your moment, right? I mean, you're a guy who probably is lucky to be in the league. And you've spent the last couple of years kind of as a fringe guy. But whenever the Titans called on him, which was usually passing situations, third downs, he was very good in the red zone. Tannehill has liked throwing the ball to him because he has been able to make big plays. I can remember uh, the playoff game in New England a couple of seasons ago. Ferkser had a couple of huge catches on third downs that, you know, Tannehill didn't throw the ball much in that game. Derek ran for about a million yards in that game. But when they did throw it, a lot of it seemed to go to Anthony Ferkser. So, um, you know, there's clearly a reason they felt like they had enough at tight end to let Johnu walk and be able to keep going. So, and I think so far we've seen a little bit of that. Like Ferkser has been better. And I think he's the kind of guy who understands the responsibility he's getting is, is, is a pretty rare opportunity. For a guy who played at Harvard and you know is now getting a chance like this in the league. Absolutely. Well, that will do it for us for this edition of the Talking Titans podcast. We hope you'll subscribe to Tennessean.com if you haven't already. And please remember to subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever it is you get your podcast and drop us a review and rating while you're at it. From Ben Arthur, uh And Gentry Estes, thanks for listening. Uh, We'll see you guys next time. Talkin' Titans hosts each Thursday at Tennessean.com. You can also subscribe to Talkin' Titans for free on Apple Podcasts and Google Play. I'm Sean King. Talkin' Titans is a production of the Tennessean, 